Hey folks, Mark Reed here, one of the pastors at Open House Community Church. Thanks so much for joining us on the Open House Podcast. We're a church inviting people to belong and believe in the person of Jesus, be transformed to become more like him, and be a part of building the kingdom of God here in the city of Bristol. If you're dropping in for the first time, do get in touch through our website, openhousecc.co.uk, or drop us a follow on our Instagram at openhouse.cc. Hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast. Let's do it. Um, cool. So I've got, I think Abby's able to put something up for me. So this is what we're working from in this series. There's a lot going on. Um, wrote this years ago now, maybe like five, six years ago. And I was doing a lot of meeting with people, doing discipleship stuff. And I just realized that actually... Um, God is systematic and he is also everything in between and beyond that at the same time. But what you can do is you can look at different things and actually it can map out some directions you might want to go in your discipleship or the things you might need to to look at that might be very important. And this does an okay job at at looking at that. And so what we're going to do is we're going to cover the different boxes through the next few weeks and looking at that. And tonight we are starting in the center, the black box, black circle, sorry, in the middle. Um, and we're starting there. And we might just cover a little bit of the two left and right. So I'm just here to set the scene. And what is the purpose of this series? Um, really, we want people to live lives of disciples. And we want to grow in our discipleship. And we want to know what that means. And we don't want to forget any of it. We'll have some people that will be like, I just want to, you know, I just think it's really important to contemplate and be alone with God, and that's great, but then what what about the outwardness of your discipleship? How does that work, you know? And if we've been alone with God and nothing comes out of us, have we really met God? You know, that's an interesting question, isn't it? And then if we have all this outwardness stuff, but we don't want to be maybe meeting God in our personal lives as a disciple, then what's that? Is this coming from relationship, or is this coming from somewhere else? Um, And how can we be wise in how we do those things? So this covers a lot of that and um, really sets it up. Um, I'm short on time, so I'm not going to go through it too much, but we will go through it more and more and more as the weeks goes on, and you'll get used to that. If you're looking at that and thinking, I could make that look better and make more sense and nicer, just literally please talk to me, because I'm very happy for it not to be a PowerPoint slide. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm aware that I can't, I'm not very good at making things look very lovely. So that's what you got. Merry Christmas. Um, (laughs) Okay, so I'm just setting the scene. We're in the middle here, and there's a lot of important things to look at. We want to be in that green box. We want to be doing the stuff, making disciples, remembering the poor, doing what we're about. We want to be in the blue box. We want to be connecting with God, we're going to be connecting with the Spirit and having time with Him and knowing that our meaning and purpose is to be in love with God and that He loves us. And that is where our meaning and purpose kind of comes from initially. And we know that the red box kind of sets that up for us. It enables us to do it. That's our history. You might have personal experiences that are important to you, and they are important, but they're always second place to the fact that you were created by God in His image and that you were born again at the cross and when you accepted that. And that those two things are the most two important parts of your history. They are bigger than anything that could ever happen to you. Not discrediting 
the things that happen to you, they are also a very important part of your history and who you are. Um, and then to do all of that, we've got underneath here all these different things, and I call them the essential, non-essentials. And these things here, like prayer, submission, solitude, personal awareness, celebration, worship, fasting, whatever it might be, it's not that you have to do those things, but if you didn't do them, you almost certainly will not be able to do the rest as good as you could have, if that makes sense. So I call them essential, non-essentials, which is a weird way of putting it. So we're just looking at how that all comes together. In our middle box today, as you can see, it says, me, now. And that's where I'm starting. I'm starting with you and me personally, right in this moment, who you are, where you're at, considering where you've been and where you're heading, but you right now. And we're just going to keep coming back to that and, and growing. Why are we going to do that? What are we doing? We're doing many things here, and God's doing a lot with us. But one of the things he's doing to us is, well, he did to us, is that he wanted to make us a new creation. Our current state is this. I am a new creation in Christ. The old has gone, and the new has come. And it is as simple as that. It's very hard to accept it sometimes. You have to have a lot of faith to receive that as a thought. In John 3.3, 3, he says, those that are born of God are born of the Spirit. Somewhere else it says that we are now one spirit with God. Our spirit and God's spirit are one. That's quite a thing. That is quite a thing. Um, that is our current state. And then in that state, we're not necessarily trying to renew our spirit. We're trying to renew our minds. And that is what God says over and over again in his word. He talks about the renewing of your minds from glory to glory to glory and to glory. And that we could live this life out for him. So, I would say, looking at yourself, what is an important part of you and your being and you and your position in this situation? course we're going to look at history on another week of of the gospel and your salvation and all of that but right now I just wanted to set the scene before you hear all that stuff in the coming weeks I just want to say what are we trying to do first of all we are looking at death and life or life and death so there are things in our lives that we need to die to and that we are dead to and our old life is actually dead our old self died it's gone it's done away with in God's eyes doesn't even exist it's gone and we have a new self who is now alive in Christ and we want to be looking at what have I got to die to and what have I got to come alive to who am I where am I with that and then in that in our toing and froing of that we're kind of working off two things first of all the brokenness of selfish ambition. Let me just read a little verse to you guys that I can hopefully find just here on my phone. Um, do you know what? I think I just know it and I'm going to take some time to find it. So I'm just going to tell you what it says. Um, it says this. It says, where you find selfish ambition, there you will find confusion and every evil thing. That's how bad selfish ambition is to God. Where you find selfish ambition, you will find evil, confusion, every evil thing. 
That's how bad selfish ambition is. If you have selfish ambition, you can't do it as purely as you want to. Let me give you an example. So if we go to Romans 12, it says, Be transformed in the renewing of your minds. Offer up your body as a living sacrifice to God. And then, does anyone know what you get if you do that? You know the will of God. He says, and then you will know the perfect will of God. So without the death to self, you can't know the perfect will of God. Very interesting. Very interesting. Why? So let me just paint a picture. So I'm just trying to work on your mindset of life scenarios here of where you might be at. So if you have selfish ambition and that's what's driving you and you're working in the old self, you could do this. Okay, let's say you did really well of life and you became a doctor. Okay, you become a doctor and you're amazing. It's like, wow, look at this person. They're a doctor. They're amazing. They're doing things for people, etc., etc., etc. But what if this is actually the case? What if actually you love the approval of people and you really loved your mum and dad and they gave you loads of approval and for them it was really important that someone lived to a certain standard. And so in the seeking of their approval of selfish ambition, you thought, I'll be a doctor. And all the way through, you were fed by actually the fact that they were so amazed about the fact that you'd become a doctor. And then you move further and further into that, and then you're there, and it looks like you're there for the right reasons. But actually, you fed your own selfish ambition in getting there. Does that make sense? And so you would be like, it's the will of God for me to be a doctor. But actually, what if it wasn't? What drove you to get there? Was it that you really could even seek the will of God? Because in your brokenness, you were so covered by that deaf side of you, that part of you that is actually broken, selfish ambition, that you were led by the will of the seeking of self. Does that make sense? Are you following me there? So that's a very interesting, and that can go into so many parts of life. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to rid ourselves of selfish ambition. We wake up for something else. And then it says this, and we we said this verse earlier. Can we set our minds on things above? Not where moth and rust destroy, but things that are everlasting and will last forever. So as disciples, we want to be having our mindset on things above. Okay, great. How are we going to do that? How are we possibly going to do that? Basically, you're not going to be able to do it unless you have an awful lot of wholeness and an awful lot of faith. It would be so hard to do it because someone might say something to you and you might think, oh, is this all true? In, in Hebrews it says, we're free now because we have been freed from the fear of death. So I can ruin my life for God and not be afraid of wasting it on earth from an earthly point of view, but I can live for God from a heavenly point of view. Let me read this. Large crowd, and this is is Jesus being really full on, actually, and I will translate it because otherwise it's going to sound terrible. Um, Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them. He said, if anyone comes to me, I will give you the context of this because it is an intense thing to say, but it's just what it says, and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and his children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, He cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me, die to self, live outside of selfish ambition, cannot be my disciple. 
It's quite a thing to say, isn't it? That is quite a thing to say. And in our selfish ambition, what we can do is we can do things that seem right to a man, but the way they lead to is death. So we could be like, oh, okay, you know, my kids are first. My kids, it's all about my kids. My ki- you know, and I'm doing the right thing. It's all about my kids. But actually, the life of a disciple, Jesus says here to hate. Now, if you actually go into translation of that, and I did look it up, don't worry, I'm not just telling you this, you could also say that that says to love less. So what he's saying is, is if you put your children ahead of God, there's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that. If you put your wife or husband ahead of God, there's something not right about that. Your mother, your father, your friends, your stuff, whatever it may be, if it goes ahead of God, your dreams, your passions, your visions, if they go ahead of God, then actually we're outside of what God wants us to do. And the things that can make us do that is usually selfish ambition and or fear. And so we want to break free of that and be able to then therefore know what is truly the will of God for my life. Flip it on its head. I was really lucky to spend time as like a missionary for a, a, quite a prolonged period of time. I lived in like some different countries for quite a while. I did Kenya for a good time and I did Haiti and the Caribbean for a long time. It's really, really cool. And one of the things I saw on the flip side of the doctor story was I saw missionaries that were coming out and I could see that even what they were doing, not all of them, I'm just saying a few, and you could spot it straight away. It was like they'd come out and that in itself was a form of selfish ambition. It was like this way that they could say, I'm a missionary, I'm, you know, I'm doing the stuff I've got out here, I've, I've thrown it all the way for God. And even that, I could sometimes see, and you could spot them, and as we could see, and that those people would often implode pretty quickly. It, would, it wouldn't take long. It would only take a month or two, and you could see they kind of imploded because there was something else driving what they were doing rather than that whole position of knowing the will of God and knowing who you really are and that you don't need the approval of others. So we can even move into doing ministry stuff for the approval of others. Am I, but look, I did, this, I did this prophecy. Do you love me? Do you love me? I, did, I healed someone. Do you, I'm amazing. Do you know what I mean? You can tell these stories, and it's like it's a form of selfish ambition, even with God. Really, really profound. But on the flip side of that, we want to move into life. And Jesus said, it is no longer you that lives, but it is I that live in you. Now, in our identity, what we need to realize is that you are a new creation. It's done. It's that simple. It is finished. It is that easy. It says in Romans that you now have peace with God. You have it. It says in Jeremiah, he said, I did this so that everyone would know me from the least to the greatest. And it is, I will remember your sins no more. It's that clean a slate. You are a new creation. Why is that important? When you move into life, into the things you feel called to do, you're not doing that to appease God, to make you okay. You are okay. And from a place of solid foundation, and I'm good with God, then you do this stuff, whatever it may be. And then you can throw it all away. Or you can do the opposite of that and have the faith to go get a really hard job that's going to take up your life. And that is also faith. You can actually find out what is God's will rather than following the Christian narrative around you of what tells you is the most godly thing to do. 
Are you following me when I just said that? That's a really important one. We don't want to follow the Christian narrative in which we're a part of. We want to be able to hear the pure will of God, free of selfish ambition and a renewed mind of knowing what all the options are from a secure position of I'm good. It wasn't me that made me good. It's done. I am good with God. And from there, what am I up to? What am I doing? Are you following me? You good? You getting me? Okay, here's our starting place. Great. I won't labor it too much because of the time, and I'm just going to give you one little tool. Um, And it was really funny because Grace came up to me and said, um, said, I really feel like God wants to remove the cobwebs of people and work on darkness in our lives. He wants to challenge those little bits of our lives that we want to have transformed. And I was like, mate, I got it. This is literally... This is what we're talking about. I'm given a process for this. So I have a process for this. And um, I, used to, I used to do this with people a lot. So we're in, we're in the top left. And then I'll finish in the top right, and I'll do this really quickly. Here's what I want you to do. I've just given you a whistle stop about kind of selfish ambition and fear in a lack of security over here. And us wanting to know all the things that God has for us, the things that we're supposed to move into, generosity, peace, Peace is such an important thing. You know, if you're generous and you don't have peace, it's a bit like, well, you know, oh, get your stuff in order. You know, we want to live in that peace of God. It's really true. We're good with God. You're okay. You're really okay. You're good with God. He knows that you're not perfect. You're not doing this to prove you're perfect. So in that pursuit, I want you to have this process. Darkness, research, war, victory. Okay? Where does that come from? Number one, Darkness. Darkness starts like this. Jesus says, If the darkness that is in you appears to you to be light, then the darkness has become very, very, very great. Okay? If the darkness is in you appears to you to actually be a good thing, then it's become very, very great and completely overtaken you. Exactly what I was talking about. When you have selfish ambition, you can be doing things that seem like I'm doing the right thing. I'm getting the approval of the people. I've got it. So that seems right, doesn't it? That's exactly what I'm talking about, selfish ambition. Or when you're doing something and you know you're doing it, you know deep down, you suddenly clock it and you go, God, I now see my motive behind this thing. What I want you to do is you've just been made aware of the thing that you thought was light. You just got made aware of it. Don't panic. Don't panic. Move into box two. You're now a researcher. Don't do anything. Just watch yourself. Literally watch yourself socially. Watch your internal world going over. Don't do anything yet. Embrace it. Embrace that you're seeing it so you can fully see what you can see. An example of that is Adam in the book of Genesis. He does something wrong and then God turns up and he knows he's done something wrong. He's seen himself for what he is and he hides in a bush from God and goes, oh, okay. Now I'm going to link myself to box, the blue box, okay? And in that moment, God says to Adam, I've said this before here, where are you? He says, where are you? Why does he say that? Does God know where he is? Of course he knows where he is. But what he's saying is, is in the realization of darkness in yourself, do you know that I love you and I still want to know you in this place. Will you answer me and tell me where you are? Will you sit in that place with God and go, 
I see it. I can see it in myself. God, can you? What, what I do is I'd sit there sometimes in like certain situations and I'd be going, oh God, I'm doing it. I could, can you see me? I can see what I'm doing right now. I know what I'm doing here. No one else in this room knows what I'm up to. I remember the time I, I, did, I did something, how long ago was it? It was probably like a year and a half ago. I was doing something and it was maybe one of the first times I'd had like deceit slightly overtake me as a person. And that's something that doesn't usually get me actually deceit. In fact, my biggest problem with life is that I'm too honest. Um, <laughs> and that's got me in way more trouble than deceit. And I remember I did something. And in the moment, someone asked me, I was trying to preserve something that I'd got. It was like in my selfish ambition, I'd got it. And this person goes to me, oh, could I have the contact for that place? And then I can liaise with them and not use you as a middleman. It saves you some time. And I always remember going, no, no, no. For streamlined reasons, I'm just, you know, just do it for me, just to not blur the, the, the relationship with that, with that. It was like a, a thing that we rented or whatever. And I went, you know, I'm just doing that. Just looked innocent. If anything, it looked like I'd been helpful. But I knew why I'd done it. I'd done it so that I kept the position of the contact. I knew it. And a few things played out, and I did a few things wrong in that scenario. And it was about three months later, I kind of sat down with some of my good friends that are a part of that. And I said, do you know what? I know the moment it happened. It was the moment that, and I said, this person asked me that. And I said, no, and I knew it when it happened. I knew what I'd done. It had come out of insecurity and out of selfish ambition. Why do I say become a researcher and don't panic? When you suddenly realize something about yourself that needs to die, you, and I understand, we, we do do this, we think not only is it a revelation to yourself and you feel almost a little bit embarrassed about it, you feel like it's new news to God, you feel like it's news to him as well, but it wasn't. He already knew it was there. So if he'd been with you yesterday and you felt like you were good with God, he already knew you were going to have that moment. He already knows it's coming. So you don't need to go, I've seen it all my days. He's like, I know. Did you see I was really nice to you for the last however long you've been a Christian and before that, I really love you. But seriously, you should stop it. <laughs> you know, like, that is the point. Research. Be honest with God and let him know you in your weakness. And when you do that, my days where you learn about the love of God. When you can commune with God in the revelation of your sin, that's quite something. That's quite a place to be with Jesus. It really is. And that's what God desired from Adam in the garden. He desired communion in his sin. Can you have communion with God in your sin? And then we move into war. And sure, God I'm going to pray. I want to change this. You maybe think about your actions. You talk about, talk about it with some trustworthy people that are going to help keep you accountable and give you some thoughts. You ask some people that are really good at that particular subject that really keep themselves. You think that, okay, I think you really thought about this and you've got something to offer me. And you go and you go to war. And then you get victory. Okay? So in this process of what we're doing here, I just want you to know you have that over there. And that is beautiful because in that you're going to achieve box, the blue box, which is God is going to know you and you are going to know him. You got me? Great. I've set you up. You're all good. Last thing I say, which will be, I can just do it in 30 seconds. What are we trying to do? 
in your mindset, the loss of selfish ambition, all of these things, becoming secure in yourself, I want you to be free and not ruled from your circumstances, your environment, and your feelings. Can you be free of that? Can you still live in security as a disciple in the midst of difficulty in all three of those things and still thrive? Can you be that person? We want to be highly resilient disciples of Jesus. Cool? Great. I'm going to pray for you, that God reveals your darkness to you, and you have a lovely time of communion. Uh, (laughs) And from there, you move into the life of what you were really called to do with the heart in which you were called to do it from, a place of security in him, because that is what he's given you. Jesus, I thank you for everyone here at this church and everyone who's here tonight and not here tonight. We just thank you that you love us. We thank you that you see all things in us. There's things hidden in us that we don't even know about ourselves, but you know, and you still live inside of us. You haven't vacated the premises. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we pray a bold prayer. David prays it in the Psalms. Lord, reveal the deep things of our heart that need to be uncovered, Lord God. The darkness of the way we think or the actions we do, reveal them to us, Lord God, and give us a revelation of faith and love, of security in you that you're with us from in that. But Lord, simultaneously, release to us the life that is in us, the things that we know we're called to be and do. Bring those things back to us and move us into security and action in you, Lord Jesus. And let us do that from right motive. We pray your blessing and your spirit and your word would guide us through that. And each other, we would love each other in that, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of the Open House Podcast. Do go ahead and like, follow, subscribe and share around. And get in touch with us if you want at openhousecc.co.uk or openhouse.cc on Instagram. I pray the Lord bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace this week. See you again.